Hello and welcome to Stoppage Time, Sarafe podcast powered by VidPix. Today we are joined by social media presenter and former footballer. They have experienced the trials and tribulations of professional football playing at Crawley Town FC before moving on to become a dancer and even being a body double for Premier League footballer Marcus Rashford. More recently, they have started working as a presenter alongside a previous Stoppage Time guest, Robbie Lyle, entertaining over one million people on, on YouTube. Our guest for this episode is Cecil G from Arsenal Fan TV. Thanks for joining us, Whoa. Cecil. <laughs> great intro there. Um, yeah, that was a great intro. I like that. I had to obviously do the as well. It's only just us two here, so I had to make like there's more people. <laughs> it's to say, no, there's your list is endless. I mean, when I first spoke to you, there's so much, so much that you've done. It was hard to pick yeah. to only to only pick a few questions, really. Um, but firstly, can you tell us more about your journey as a footballer initially? Yeah, um, yeah, I can. So from the beginning, I mean, it's good. I'll try and. I'm not going to keep it brief. It's going to be a bit of a long-winded one, but it's just so everyone gets... I want everyone to have the full idea and picture of what, how it started. So, obviously, um, just a young... was a young boy. I lived, I've lived in Surrey for pretty much most of my life. So, um, I lived in Surrey and I just wanted to be a footballer. My stepbrother was a footballer at Charlton uh, many years back. And I just kind of... I saw... I heard about it and saw his him play and was like, yeah, do you know what? I'd like to do that. Um, just played locally played Sunday League for, for a long time so locally when I was growing up young, young, young um, and then I I got an opportunity I, it, some people call it late my brother said I wish it took you earlier but he was like okay look now might be the time I was 15 years old um, he's like I want to take you to a club uh, it was Crystal Palace massive uh, massive, massive club and at the time and I I didn't really know how serious it was. I didn't, I, I'd never been in a professional setup. So when it being young, didn't really understand like, oh, there's track suits, you get to go to coaches and stuff, training grounds. So I went to Palace, was there for a while, got released, unfortunately, probably the most heartbreaking moment of my life. And I know a lot of players, there's loads of people that go through it, um, many, many players, but at 15, it's kind of like, the that's the age where you determine if you get a contract, like a scholarship, uh, uh, scholarship to play. So got released and then, really felt pain and said you know what? I'm never gonna go I'm not going through this again so I went back to my area I just went back to normal life playing other sports enjoying being with friends then it came to year 11 and um my brother said listen one more opportunity there's a local club Crawley Town uh would I like to take you there I said cool I went there played for I played on a trial a trial game for the under 16s now I was I think I was, yeah, I was 16 this time and if I'm honest the, the different the level that I was at then was um, a lot higher than the standard I was playing in the under-16s. I, I felt I was a bit more mature, more physical. I was a, definitely bigger than a lot of the boys. I came from Palace and I came from training within London with my brother. So I was a lot more physically developed for, for what they were playing. And then after that, 16 years old, um, I just got asked to come back, kept being asked to come back. Um, then got pushed into the youth team whilst I was at school. I was doing my GCSEs around this time. They were like, okay, we want to train with the youth team. Did that for a bit. That's kind of where the level I felt like, yeah, I'm comfortable here. This is this is it's challenging, but it's not too difficult, you know. So you've obviously used between 16 to 18. I was 16 at the time. Um, I also want to make clear to everyone that's listening, I wasn't the best footballer um in my school, in my Sunday team in Surrey. Um, because I think people get a perception that like if you're the you're the best player, you can make it. I probably made it into these clubs due to I knew someone, my brother, I had opportunities to be seen. Uh, there's a lot of players that were in this area that were very talented in Surrey, but they don't have the opportunity um, to be seen. So, anyway, going back. So, yeah, got playing with the youth team. And then there was one session. Got a phone call from the, from the club. They rang my school. 
and they ask for day release. Guys, people listening, day release is basically a simple system where a football club will ask for a player to come in during the day of a school day, but they obviously the player misses school. So that happened, and it was quite a big deal. I, I feel like I think the club said like this is a big session that Cecil needs to attend. But I didn't know all this. I just said they just asked the school. They asked the school. They said, "Yep, Cecil, you can go, miss the day." That that day was the week of one of my exams. So um, it was very important for me to kind of be in school to get the extra revision before my exam. But my mum was like, "Mum was very harsh." She's like, "If you go today, no, no, you better make sure you get your grades." I don't give up if it's football. But <laughs> I was like under a lot of pressure there but um, I turned up to that training session with the youth team and we were going off to play the first team so obviously I'm 16 and there was a lot of players there Claude Davis was the centre-back uh, Jamaican international and I was up against him and this is where I got my contract this is literally it's off this back of the story um, he was defending me I got the ball played into me in the box I spun him a trick like literally turned him to pieces rolled it rolled past him and as I rolled past him he elbowed me like in the face and I it, I literally it cut my lip open I was bleeding and I went down and then on this during this um, the youth team my youth team player he was the lino so obviously we didn't have like it was only an in-house game and he didn't give it as a penalty but then the manager at the time said is that not a penalty and then obviously he got a bit scared he was like yeah yeah it's a penalty and then got the penalty took it scored and yeah after that I was I was loved by the first team and I got offered my contract my scholarship two years at Crawley Town and that's kind of how I came into the game. Um, re- yeah, it was just, it was really good. I was promised a lot. I was promised a lot when I first started. I, it happens a lot in football clubs. I now work within football clubs and mentor alongside my presenting. And I get it a lot. Young players get, not. I call it, I guess, gassed up. They get um, told that they're going to be the next big thing if you're of quality. And I got told that I was going to be Crawley's next big star. But um, yeah, it didn't really turn out that way. I don't know if you want to delve into it now, if you are, if you want to, yeah, is there anything you if anything you everyone anything you want to ask from here, Mark? Because it goes a bit left from here. It goes the story just goes completely opposite way. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it, it, I think it's interesting to to maybe hear from your perspective. Like, you know, what what advice would you possibly give to a player in that situation? So obviously you've you've been through it and you've been through the, almost the, the turmoil, if you you could say in some way. Um, yeah. Like, what advice would you give to someone um, when you were that age as well? So hindsight's a beautiful thing and I also feel experience and, and wisdom is, and knowledge of like life is massive um, so like a lot of people say if I could go back and do things I'll do it a lot different now I have all the all the um, I guess knowledge now within the game like, like I said I go to football clubs every week I speak to players so I see it all I can actually go to a football club now and pick who's going to be a pro just by sitting with them and talking with them for a few minutes like or hours shall I say an hour let's say um, I feel like the advice I can give is you have to be prepared prepared to sacrifice a lot. To, it, maturity is is literally the main thing. If I'm completely honest, talent when it gets when you get into a professional setup is one of the the few things that they look at. Because if I'm honest, everyone that gets that level of signing a scholar, they're talented. You're a talented player. Like getting to that level, it, you have to have a certain level of ability to even be signed. So. Um, yeah, it's more it's more the other things, how professional you are, how you can react to situations, how well you conduct yourself, how you meet and greet people. Like these are the little things. And I think it gets overlooked. And the more we go into the social media age of young players, the the, the, the more disconnected we get from just being an actual mature professional person. Mm-hmm. So I was when I joined, I was playing with the training with the first team, 
regularly. I was playing reserve matches and scoring like goals, loads of goals. Like because I was untouched by the system, I got I got brought in for my rawness and my um, potential to be a top player. And when you go into a, into the professional system, they kind of break you down to make you play the way they want you to play. So you have to change your game. And if it doesn't work, then the manager will drop you. But you're like, well, you this is not who I am. You signed me for a certain way. And now you're trying to change the way I play and, and it's not working. And I'm getting, I'm losing form because of the way you're treating me in certain things. And that's what happened to me, basically to get into it deeply is that yeah. I joined the club, um, was promised a lot. And then financial issues started to filter down to our level. The youth team coach, youth team manager, um, he was under a lot of um, stress and pressure from the board above, considering we had an amazing preseason. We won every game. We were smashing big men's teams. Uh, we were seen to be have the next big players to sell on for the club. But then, yeah, it just went a bit left. We started getting, we lost, started to lose like lo- most of our games. The manager was became a bully, in a, in a, uh, in that's the best way to put it. He's and it's not me. It's like I say this all the time. It's not me doing a sad story or sob story to say I didn't make it because of this man. The manager is now blacklisted. He can't work within football. He's been reported so many times the way he treats players. He's used to throw stuff at us, um, verbally bully us. He just he, he was a very power hungry man, and it affected a lot of well all the players in our change room. It affected me massively. I fell out of love with the game. Um, by second year, I was just trying to find in my second year of my contract. I was just trying to find a way out. I went on loan. To Tutan and Mitchum, we had um, a Black History Month talk with uh, Cornelius, who who manages there, and I was very well respected at the club when I was there. But that's because I had no stress of Crawley. There was no; they literally treated me like how I was treated when I first joined the club. So, um, yeah, um, it became it came like a pressure cooker. It wasn't a nice place to be. Um, to give everyone perspective that are listening, there's 23 players signed within within my club uh, over two years. Only one still playing. That's Harry Anderson at Lincoln City. Uh, due to the experience of what we went through. Uh, there's been, been a documentary filmed about it. So it was really serious. And yeah, that, that's, that was kind of the story. I, I went on loan, scored many goals at Twitter Mitchum. I had a very difficult relationship when I was at, when I was at Crawley with football. Um, I, got, I got moved away from my mum, forced to really into a box room in a really bad area. It affected the way I played. Um, I didn't live far from the ground. There was a load of, there's loads of stories within it. I don't want to, if like people can, they can look, watch the documentary, they can also contact me if they want to know more. But yeah, that kind of happened. I left, uh, got to my second year, got released. Everyone, everything got shut down, youth team, reserves. The only thing they kept cruelly at the time was the first team. And this is where my, my story kind of changed. I, instead of, basically, I was still trying to chase the dream. Now, this is where a lot of players, not go wrong, but, this is a big life message for people listening and just in general is you've got to kind of know when, when to stop, not when to stop. Yeah. Well, when to stop chasing that dream, like not in a sense of you should never give up. I know that's the big message and whatever you fight for, blah, 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 you can make it in the end. But there's a time in your life where you, you can't just keep doing that because you can get yourself caught in a cycle, especially in football. Football's a hard industry to crack. And I went, I went on trial to many clubs after Crawley. I contacted Crawley Town, the chief exec, as well when I left and said, look, I want to stay fit for all the trials I go on. Can I come back and train with the first team? He gave me the green light for that. I did that every day for a year, Marcus, every day. So I didn't get paid. I went to training with the first team, um, paid to get there, paid to eat after. We obviously get a meal, but after I'm still hungry, like I had to pay to get back. And then on top of that, I was paying to go on trial all up and down the country to all these clubs. Um, 
my I actually improved heavily in this period. I went to Nottingham Forest for a long time, um, long time. Uh, really thought I was going to sign a contract. Was battling against Des Walker's son Tyler for the contract. So that kind of that that's kind of the level of where I was at. It was me or him. Um, and obviously politics comes into football. Des Walker's a legend at Nottingham Forest. It was it was kind of written that I wasn't going to get the contract, but it went a long time. Um, and then I went back to Crawley, and at the end of the year of me doing this trial in blah, blah blah I was completely broke like I had no money um I played a cup match for Crawley Town first team after that game I got offered a non-contract for a year which basically guys that are listening it means you don't get paid for a year you just you sign a professional contract but you don't get paid for a year now I'm not gonna act like I turned it down straight away I didn't it took me because obviously my boy the boy's dream still in my head even though the experience yeah, I went through yeah. football still in the back of my head was like Listen, this could be the start. You could change your family's life. I've been, mean, do you know what I mean? Even I'm not getting paid, like eventually it might lead to some opportunities. Um, after two weeks of sitting down with my mum, we spoke and she said, I don't think it's best for you. And do you know what? I agreed. And this is where I say I had to just make a mature decision and say, you know what? This isn't for me. Um, and I, yeah, I turned it down, turned it down. And this is where the story kind of unfolds and you get to, this is where the real Cecil starts to come alive. And you know, <laughs> Here, so yeah, that's that's kind of the story, the footballing story for my whole life. Uh, not my whole life, actually. That's my footballing story up until I left the professional game. Yeah, um, yeah. So if this is not, I'm gonna put another stopping point. So I will, <laughs> everyone listening, I, I'm very passionate about my story, and I talk it a lot. And obviously, like I said, I work at clubs, so it's, you're gonna get a lot of lot of well imagery, I guess, and a lot of storytelling. So yeah, from here, anything. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. Obviously, really, obviously, really long journey to get to where you have where you are now, and I think it's really interesting hearing from you. And it, it I think it, it really highlights the fact of positivity within a football club and how important it actually is, because you've had such a negative, you know, journey in football. Well, not journey in football, but journey at Crawley. You know, yeah. it's so positive when you get that positive experience somewhere else. It it really shines a light on it. So it's really interesting to hear that. And I think, um, obviously, what respecting the game at the moment is such a massive part of the game. Um, yeah. I think really highlights that. So it's great to hear that. And thank you for sharing it. Um, the next bit, really, really quickly, is we have to talk about Marcus Rashford. We have to talk yeah. about the body double. Um, yeah, yeah, so yeah. how did that come about? And also, what do you do for it? Like, we're really interested to hear what, like, what sort of things you do. Is it commercials? Is it like, you know, what, what sort yeah. of things you've been through? Well, this perfectly leads on to, to that, that period. It, this is what happened. I, I got released um, from Nottingham Forest. I turned down the contract at Crawley, the non contract. And then, I was in a kind of a place of, well, what do I do now? And mm. and millions of kids go through this, millions and millions. This is like the the, the, the business of football is savage. So I kind of um, was lost. I had to. There was a time where I had a lot of money from football. I had a bit of money left, and that kind of started dwindling. And then my mum was like, "You need to find a job." Um, I went and found a, a, a local job. But then this is where the yeah, it's changed. Andy Answer, SE Don's chairman. Um, owner of sports on screen an absolute legend um my mentor as well also he he was doing castings for his agency sports on screen and um my brother was he's a very close friend to Andy Answer as well they did dream team together so he was kind of telling me from ages back when I was playing like you should go and go and do the casting but I didn't really want to do it I thought I was too young to go into London and all that yeah. but then this time I was like well I have nothing to lose um I have nothing to lose so I want to join this Went there, um, yeah, got onto their books. And then I got a text now. This is a few months later, I got a text saying, oh, there's a job for you in Manchester. 
Um, you're going to be a body double for Ma- Rashford, blah, 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 blah. So then I'm like, oh my God, this is great. This is great. Oh my God. Yeah, go Rashford, blah, blah. Then I have like a brain thing and think, wait, what the flip is a body double? I was like, right, well, I'm, I'm buzzing, but I don't know what you're talking about. So then in my head, I was trying to Google it. I didn't really know. What, what, my assumption of what I came out with was I was going to Manchester in a shopping centre with a hoodie and some glasses and I was signing signatures and then giving them out to fans and keeping my head down. That's what I thought. That's the assumption I, I got by the end of my research and figuring out what the hell is a body double. No, it was not like that at all. Um, I I went on the day, I met at the train station in London, got on a train uh, with Andy and and some of the team, turned up, we got treated like VIPs. We had cars sent for us, turned up, um, was in like a green room. I had a runner at one point, which is a runner's basically someone who's an, uh, it's an assistant. And I was like, I kept, I kept being called the talent. And I was like, this is mental. I was like, what is this life? What is going on? And then, like, um, Later, later that day, we were on set and I had to get into the Man United kit. Obviously, I'm an Arsenal fan. Okay, I understand everyone listening. I work there now. Relax. But this is work. Um, so, yeah, put on the Man United kit and um, we went into the studio and I just had to just do basic drills. That To me, because I played in the game, I think this is what Andy, he picks players that have been in, within the professional setup and he likes to help the community. So he realised, oh, you've been, you, you can play football, basically. And all I was doing was doing basic stuff, um, passing against a wall, a bounce board, shall I say, doing cross, uh, chesting it down, flicking it over my head. I've got photos of me and Rashford next to each other. But um, yeah, so basically I was doing choreography for an advert that I was doing. This is what it is. So I do all of Marcus Rashford's campaigns, his adverts. Um, that's what I basically do. I still do it to this day. And yeah, I was doing I was doing the choreography. Basically, we learn. We do about 12 hours, a uh, 12-hour day. I did it for about three hours this morning. And then they said, oh my God, they're all here. The players are here. The players are here. The set goes crazy. Um, security start rushing in it's great it's actually mayhem um everyone's just like on their best behavior i guess and really walked through rooney at the time walked through matar barley um rashford i think that was everyone yeah that was everyone um yeah they all walked through and i was like wow this is like every boy's dream yeah this is boy's dream just like seeing these players and then they came and met us I talk about Matter all the time. He's a model professional. He spoke to everyone. He left his security, spoke to the DOPs, uh, ADs, the cameramen, the, the runners. He literally asked everyone. He asked me if I'm still playing. He's a mature, very um, honest person. I say this to players, like, if you want to be a professional, you have to really be a good person within because um, you get found out because you're with the team like, every day, basically. But anyway, going forward, um, yeah, Rashford then was on set. He met me, said, hi, blah, blah. I said, I'm a double. This is when he was eight. This is when he first broke through. So this is when he was like, well, not first but this when he was like 18. I think he just got his 80 grand a week deal, just bought his mum's house, her house. And I was just in awe. Like, I was like, like, you're just a man. And he was cool. He was very quiet. But then I've met him now a fair amount of times and he's not, he, it's a bit different now. But back then he was very like just intrinsic, quiet. We spoke about our birthdays being a day apart and stuff. But um, yeah, that's really it. I, I showed him the choreography. I showed him the choreography that we've been doing all morning. And then they do it. They do it in like an hour. Because they're, they, and let me tell you, this is where I know the levels are different because I spent a lot of time doing certain things for the choreography. This is going to take me about 12 takes. Rashford came in humble, did it in about two max. He did it, no, he did it first time, which was one, is like flick it over your head, control it down, and then strike and hit a target. He did it first time, and we all laughed because we was like, no way. And then it took him another two times to do it. But I was just like, yeah, you are different. So, yeah, that was that's it. So I body double, I do that. Um, 
that's one of many things, if I'm honest, but that's one of my favourites that I get to do. And yeah, big up Rashford. Listen, outside of the game as well, he is an absolute role model professional, a great guy. And um, yeah, big up him. And yeah, 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 yeah. 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 <laughs> to us. Yeah. So I can't say what I mean, we had to speak about it. It's so interesting. I mean, just hearing about that, I, I knew nothing about it either. I mean, it's really interesting to hear what, what you actually have done and what you what you do for a body double. And as you say, Rashford, he's, he's a humble man on the side. He seems he seems brilliant. I mean, what he's done just through through COVID alone has been fantastic. We all know that and just um, very, yeah, so much praise for him. Um, moving on to most recent venture of Arsenal Fan TV. Um, so you've been there been there did you start was it about a few months ago now um you started there? Uh, no, uh, like this is uh when's the 12th next week so it's three and a half weeks oh, okay so very recent yeah yeah so obviously obviously really really new so don't know how much you'll be able to i'm sure it's different different day to day but oh, maybe yeah. give us an idea of what what a typical day might look like or you know how you what you what you do on a day-to-day basis possibly okay so day-to-day AFTV is is do you know what? It's it's really nice. Um, I've never worked, I've never worked with someone apart from obviously when I was a footballer. I've never really, I've never been in a PAYE job. Um, I've always been self-employed since I left football. I was very much, I hustled for myself, worked for myself, done amazing things, and had work. So it's a whole new formula for me going into an office really, and a studio. Um, so yeah, it's been a bit different. But a normal day is it's very, it's been very full on. The first. Oh, yeah, the first week or two was absolutely manic. And to give everyone listening an idea, what I need you guys to understand is like, like I just said, I've never been in a POA job. So what I'm balancing was the schedule of AFTV plus my own schedule that I used to have of like getting work myself and doing all the all the freelance stuff. So I had to kind of juggle it. And I found it difficult at first, but now I get the skeleton the, 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 of like what happens. I get the skeleton of the of the week. So we normally film. They film every day. Actually, they film every day. And I'm and hats off to the team. They literally film a show within two hours. It's up, um, and then we film about three shows a day. So Mondays like the Bias Premier League show. We've obviously troops gone to New York now, but that's a massive show that gets filmed on a Monday. With then we have like a stats review show. So we talk about the game on the weekend or the Sunday. Um, and then there's another show. Oh, the next gen, which is like the young, oh yeah, next gen, which is like young, young, young gun basically. And they talk, they have like influences on. So that's three shows, but they all get filmed on one day and they're all out wow. Monday. And on top of that, so on top of that, so you'll go to the office and then you'll prepare for the shows. But then on top of that, you're kind of preparing for the week ahead. Yeah. And you're getting your research and all the stats from the game on the weekend. And then because I'm, uh, sounds, yeah, because I'm me, I'm very much of like, I see where AFTV can go. It's a massive channel. Before I arrived, it's huge. And they have birthed careers for many of the influencers that have been on it. But now I see it going in another direction. There is obviously a lot of personalities and critics mm-hmm. and opinions of how it's run. However, with me and uh, my other co-host, James, my friend James, uh, the new presenter as well, we're taking it in a direction of we're very analytical. We do stats. We we yeah. we know about the games. James is a very intelligent young man. He he studies and he's loved them from the beginning. So he does all like the the facts, the stats. He gets all the information. Does book reviews. Literally everything. The press conferences. Yeah, yeah. And there's me who's been a player, and I understand from a player's perspective of well, this happens because of this. This happens because of this. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of, we're kind of. Closing the gap on again football fan culture of like 
we're not and punditry like when we can do the sky sports thing we've got tactical pads we've got um the technology to show you how to break down goals like we have all that so we're closing the gap on that and then we have our personality as well i'm trying to do shows i'm trying to create shows now where we're doing challenges against fans and influencers and i want to see who can play football like that we all give i would say we all give it a talk like we all have an opinion and we're all fans but I come from I come from this 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 I come from this football is is my yeah. bag so um I've got shows coming out um about yeah I've got shows coming out about uh who can play and I test it I've also got shows about pressures of the game and how the game's changed so much like it's it's a good it's a really it's an amazing job but I can't like it's incredible we, I'm I'm getting I'm getting paid really to talk about a club I love and a sport I I enjoy and yeah it, it's it's just very it's just very full on if I'm yeah, honest yeah. Yeah, a lot of people I think, oh yeah, you're just filming, and but no, nah, there's so much work that goes into it because there's so many opinions. There's comments. People want to catch you out. We've got big, we've got big broadcasters and channels that actually realize that we're competition now because we are. We're on the map. Like we get brand deals. We get, we get people coming to us for um, the information first now. So yeah. yeah. I just have to say as well on this. Big up Robbie. I know you said it, I didn't know he came on the show before, but he is an absolute legend just through and through he cares for the people and yeah i have to say that and it's not he hasn't paid me or anything to say that i'm generous <laughs> he is literally yeah he's the man he's the man but yes also fan tv is great it's great yeah i was i didn't actually i didn't speak to Robert, my colleague but yeah i watched the, i watched the podcast it's brilliant he's um no he's great and um as you say i was gonna ask you a little bit about robbie but um what we'll do we're really really short on time but finally gunners have had a great start to the season um, yeah been playing pretty well after uh, under Arteta, looking like a new dawn of age. Um, how do you think they'll fare for the rest of the season? Do you do you see top four? Do you see do you see better, or is this a rebuilding year again? Yeah. Um, sorry, I've been rambling. That's why the time's going out. Everyone listening, <laughs> I know, no, it's great to hear. Get deep into it, but um, just a quick one on yeah on this one. The, how Arsenal going to do? I actually still think it's a rebuilding season, and. Many fans may disagree with me, but I am, like I said, I, I'm quite controversial because I like to well, keep it real as much as I can. And um, I feel like our, we've got the, the best defence in the league at the moment. And I feel like Arteta came with that game plan to start from the back and work forward because obviously we have creative issues at the moment. So I can't I can't be a fan and say, well, I expect us to be to be winning the league this season. I expect us to be top four because I, I still think Arteta needs time. And I have these arguments in the office all the time. People are like, not Arteta, they question so much. It's like, I get your, I get you want, you want answering, but you're not going to get it answered. I'm sorry. Like football, they're very, they don't give you that information. Like when William played in the false nine position, like people are going mad and, and again, it didn't work, but you're not going to get the answers why he did that. They've obviously worked on it. So um, yeah. I just feel like he needs time. He's still rebuilding. He's working from the back. And I feel like, um, yeah, we've got to sort out the creativity um, in the midfield. Obviously, we've got Partey now, but I, I expect a good season, but it's definitely not the finished product. We, 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 I'll give it a year or two, and we're, we're back. We're back. <laughs> <laughs> we'll You'll be helping that now. You'll be helping that now. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, as, as always, fantastic to speak to you. Great to hear your story. Really interesting to hear about football and how you the ups and downs you've had, but then the positives you've got now, obviously being from Marcus Rashford's body double and then going into Arsenal Fan TV now and really building what you can with that. It sounds brilliant and um, great to hear from you and um, look forward to see, hearing more in the future. Thanks, Cecil. Yeah, legend. Thanks, Marcus. I appreciate your time. Legend. Cheers. Thank you for listening to another one of our Stoppage Time podcasts. 
To keep up to date with everything going on at Surrey FA, why not follow us on social media? You'll find us at Surrey FA on Twitter and Facebook, at Surrey County FA on Instagram, and Surrey FA TV on YouTube. Take care, and we'll be back soon with another Surrey FA Stoppage Time podcast.